Welcome to the Pencils and Lipstick Podcast, a weekly podcast for writers. Grab a cup of coffee, perhaps some paper and pen, and enjoy an interview with an author, a chat with a writing tool creator, perhaps a conversation with an editor or other publishing expert, as well as Kat's thoughts on writing and her own creative journey. You'll laugh, you'll cry, well, hopefully not actually cry, but you will probably learn something. And I hope you'll be inspired to write. Because as I always say, you have a story, you should write it down. This is Pencils and Lipstick. Happy Monday, everyone. Welcome to episode 194 of Pencils and Lipstick. I'm Kat Caldwell. It's mid-August and we're all wishing the kids were back in school, right? Well, my kids will go back to school soon. Those of you who have to wait till Labor Day, I don't know if I should congratulate you or or wish you luck. I don't know. (laughs) In the beginning of summer, we always think that we want more time. And by the end of summer, we're all all ready to send them back, aren't we? Um, Except for you awesome homeschool moms, kudos to you. I did that for a while. Um, This week, again, we are going back in time to listen to an interview um, with somebody that I really love. Um, We are sort of flashing back. I know some of you are newer to the podcast, and so I want to make sure that you've listened to some really great authors with some great advice. So last week we had Desiree Holt. Um, she had she was a romance writer um, who sadly passed away in December of 2022, but she had over 300 books by the time I spoke to her. Um, so I think she's quite the inspiration. And then before that, the week before it, on episode 192, we listened again to Jasper Ford's um, interview. And he's inspiring because his books don't fit into a specific genre. And yet he has tons of fans and he has made a career out of his writing. So this week we're talking to Alicia McCalla. She is an amazing writer with amazing ideas. We talk about branding ourselves as authors, finding our voice and using merchandise to further our content. She has some really, really, really good ideas. Um, So I think that you should definitely stick around to listen to this interview. Of course, be sure to like this podcast. We will be back soon with new content. We're revamping the con- the podcast a little bit for you guys. Um, and be sure to share it with your friends. Even though the this interview is about a year and a half old, it's still really relevant because Alicia is, she was so ahead of her time, <laughs> I'm telling you. So I hope you guys have a great um, rest of your summer if this is the end of it. Otherwise, we will see you back here next week. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Pencils and Lipstick Podcast. Today I have with me Alicia McCalla. Hey. I'm so excited to have hey. you on. Hi, Alicia. There is so much for us to talk about. So Alicia and I have sort of seen each other through another author group called the uh, Author Success mm-hmm. Mastermind, right? Yes. And you have so many cool things that I was like, I have to have you on. <laughs> we have to talk about all these things. So before we get into it, um, would you just introduce yourself and tell everyone a little bit? Sure. About My name are? is author Alicia McCullough, and I write 
strong Black women heroines in science fiction and fantasy, mostly for nerds who are concerned about representation and like stories of courage, bravery, and strength. I love that. Oh my gosh. So how did you get into writing? Have you always been a writer? Um, is that your journey? Or I did was you get that into kid at 10 years old, writing stories, uh, maybe even younger. There's my mom and grandma have pictures of me when I was young with my little sun visor out typing on the typewriter. My aunt, my auntie <laughs> gave me one of her old typewriters. And so I've been writing stories for a really long time. I didn't actually take story writing seriously until uh, right around, right before I turned 40. So somewhere around 37, 38, um, I joined Romance Writers of America. And I just said, you know what? I want to try to um, take this a lot more seriously. And so that's what I did. And so I kind of started um, just, getting out there, learning what, what writing a story meant, working through it. I since have learned that I should not have mm. been in Romance Writers of America because I violated <laughs> my stories. But um, I think I wrote my first novel published in 2012. And that was fun. And I was in the beginning, a pantser. So I pantsed everything and I wrote myself into a lot of uh, brick walls. And then um, fairly recently, about three years ago, I lost my son and I had been pretty much writing in my part-time and I just could not return to school as a librarian. Um, It was just too emotional for me. So I flipped over. And so I have started now the journey of um, working as a full-time writer. And so I had to relearn. Wow. So I'm in the process now of relearning, like how to, to tell stories now as a full-time author. And that requires for me a form of exploratory outlining because I can, I need just enough yes. to keep it straight, but not too much that kind of blocks me up with the writing. And so I have been working to rebrand myself. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, At what point did you end up publishing under romance or did you figure out pretty quickly that you wanted to write more fantasy? Every story that I wrote that started as a romance went really bloody and violent. (laughs) 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 It went dark. And all the old ladies in romance are like... (laughs) This is not, <laughs> not a romance, right? And so I, I had to start to kind of understand, well, what is my story? Um, I don't know if your audience will be mm. interested, but um, in general, uh, I, am a, I am a Marine Corps veteran. And so for me, okay. um, even when I, so even if I read romances, when I did read them, they tended to be more on the dark side anyway. So probably would have been like a romantic Mm -hmm. suspense or, you know, even like a dark paranormal romance or something like that. I always like, I I would, I would be a Sheryl, Sheryl Kenyon kind of a reader, you know, that some, someone that kind of likes the, the high suspense thriller type story. Right. Um, Okay. Yeah, I feel like these days there's there's so many genres, but I didn't realize how many genres there were yes. when I used to just read and not, you know. So right. you're like, it's a romance. 
because yes. they fall in love eventually, even if yes. they're killing. But there is people. a pendulum, so. <laughs> and you could go too far but there with is the a killing part. And it's just like, no. I have a friend of mine, and she <laughs> is a bona fide contemporary romance author. And we are sort of, we sort of are accountability partners for some things. And so she'll call me up and go, "I was." looking at these two hour reads and it was this beautiful story and had the ice cream truck and they fell in love and I'm like okay and she's like what are you doing I'm reading a bloodthirsty fury story (laughs) (laughs) there's no ice cream Isn't it funny how we can have be friends with people that Uniquely are so different. we're just so yes. different, but yes, yes, <laughs> it's awesome. So, did you figure out pretty quickly that romance writers of America probably wasn't I did, where you but it, to be? It, no, it wasn't quickly, unfortunately. No, I think it I wasn't got into some role confusion. Um, and right before my okay. son um, was missing from the Navy, um, right up until that time, I think I had begun gun to shift. But then at that point, that was such mm-hmm. a major thing. And then when I finally came out of it, like six or seven months later with the grief, I just knew that I couldn't, you know, I had to really make a shift. And so that officially started okay. my rebranding process. Um, awesome. And as you can see right now, okay. I have on my merchandise, the vampire huntress. She's one of my one of my first characters that I wrote there. Um, That's awesome. That was kind of neat. Were you always a, a sci-fi mm-hmm. reader? I always watcher? read science fiction okay. and fantasy. Um, I really have always loved epic fantasy and urban fantasy. Um, but my first, when I was a teenager, uh, Douglas Adams, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, Piers Anthony, um, Terry Pratchett. You know, so I actually love my science fiction and fantasy with a little bit of humor, but because of the subjects, right. I think when I started to write, I didn't realize that I, I liked the light humor and satire, but fairly recently, as I began okay. to rebrand, so like you were talking about how do you break into a genre? So I started reading like granularly, like okay, let me read 40 of these urban fantasies or let me read 40 of these epic fantasies Mm. to kind of understand. And so then when you get 40 of them, then you can break them up into parts and pieces and say, okay, I love these. This one's okay. These are okay. These are okay, but these. And so the ones that I really was gravitating towards were the ones that had a, a heroine that had a little snark to her or some humor or a foil character. So that's when I begin to create my brand position statement and to add those pieces in there. Mm-hmm. Okay. The, so we were talking before and you said that you are a research-based oriented author. You said that comes mm-hmm. from being a librarian. And I'm I'm really focusing this season on kind of developing the craft of writing, but I think Um, one thing that's missing is kind of the brand statement Mm. for a lot of authors and figuring out really what your brand statement is and what you want to represent. So when you decided that you needed to really hone in on that, you, I think it's fascinating that you took those books and you read with 
something in mind other than just like passing the time. Like you're really looking to be like, find out who you want to be as a brand. So like I was reading for the tropes. I was reading for what I liked. I was reading for the things that I uh, honestly could not finish. Right. Because there were some, so there, I think there's this thing with writers that's making a lot of money. Right. And so we're like, yeah, I need to love this or I want to read this author. And there are some authors I would consistently read them and they were making lots and lots of dollars, but I just never liked their stuff. Right. And so I, <laughs> I think we, we can get ourselves turned upside down with gurus and people who are best-selling authors and people who are doing certain types of platforms, but none of it actually is fitting of us or what we love or our authentic selves. So one of the things that I've yeah. been working on is who am I authentically? And so I did do some, some thought into that and testing. I did the fascinate test. Why, why would customers and readers be fascinated about me? And found out that I was a secret weapon. Okay. And then I did the Clifton Strengths test. And that told me about what my strongest, my five strongest strengths were, or 10, because I went ahead and paid for that. And then I did the Colby test, okay. which told me that I was a fact finder. I do the research and quick start. So I just started then craft, well, what works for me, like individually, yeah. Um, and so not all styles, not all methods, not all platforms, that's not going to work for me. Um, and for me, I learned right. that a good brand should bring in or attract the right people, but repel the wrong people. And so then that right. gave me license to feel more comfortable because it's like, not everybody's going to like me or not everybody's going to want what I have. And that helped me because I think there's a lot of writers. They want to be loved by everybody. And they believe that everybody loved even Shakespeare. Everybody didn't love Shakespeare, right? (laughs) (laughs) Or Dickens. Uh, Ask all the high schoolers right now if they love Shakespeare. And they'll be like, (laughs) (laughs) except for that one person. I don't even understand what exactly. he's talking about. <laughs> exactly. So you can't really be all things to all people. And just because yeah. this author has 20,000 followers on TikTok or 20,000 followers on Pinterest, if you hate Pinterest or you are not a video person, you shouldn't be on TikTok. You see what I'm saying? You have to figure yeah. out for you, yes. what's your strong point? What's, what's, what drives you? What makes you excited? And that not only comes with your choice of platform, but also your choice of publications or things that you choose to write. Right. I, I mean, we talk a lot in the author world of finding your audience, but listening to you, it's like, if you don't know who you are and what you want to write, it would, it's yes. going to be hard to find your audience. Cause like you said, we love to think that mm. everyone's going to love our book. And the truth is there's mm-hmm. enough people out there, but if you can't market it specifically, 
You're just throwing money away. I think that is the hardest part for a lot of authors to deal with. And oftentimes they try to be everything to everybody. And they're like, I'm trying so hard. Why is this not working? Well, one, are you being authentically you? Are you stepping into your power and your abilities? Are you, and then the good news about figuring out like my Clifton strengths are there are some things that I just shouldn't be doing, right? <laughs> That's what you need to find a virtual assistant to help you with, right? Um, oh, because nice. now you yeah. understand, oh, I'm really good at these things, but these other things, well, I need to get help with that, you know? And so I, I think okay. there's strength and learning about who you are from all aspects, from the writing part, all the way up to your Mm -hmm. promo and your marketing part. Okay. That's, that is awesome advice. I think I might need to go do a test (laughs) or two, but I mean, I've, I've never heard of, of it that way. And I've looked at so many marketing things, but it, it makes so much sense to realize, um, just being comfortable with who you are and what you like to write and what your experiences are. And I mean, sometimes you just have to remind yourself over and over again, your stories aren't for everyone. And like you said, like, you don't really want to waste time with people who don't like a man looking for a guy in a sci-fi. If he, you you don't want to waste your time with him because you're, you're writing female (laughs) protagonists. Like, uh, and you don't want the review mm-hmm. from him either because he's going to be like, I don't like, You are not my you. audience. It's not for you. So in earnest, <laughs> I, um, I do. So my platform tends to primarily be African-American women about my age. So somewhere between um, I have I have a lot of 50 year olds. So that's that's my actual age. Um, and I also have my next tier would be African-American men right? That like science fiction and fantasy. Okay. And then I go with uh, uh, traditional uh, Caucasian women. And then I have this like small subset of white men. Um, and, but they are, they would be those white males who are okay with, they want to read. Yeah. They're, they're concerned about representation. And so for them, they just right. like, a good story and are, are willing to read, mm-hmm. but I, I am pretty clear about who my audience is. Um, so I do have some maverick ideas and you can pull me back if you think I'm going too far, but for me, I'm very much into more the content marketing. And I got this way, not from researching other authors, But when I did my deep dive, I started to research other industries. So I was looking at people in the merchandising industry and people in the handcrafted jewelry industry or handcrafted uh, industry. And so I was looking at the artists and the painters. What were they doing? And so their, their platforms are all about the uniqueness because if they're making jewelry, right? Mm -hmm. They can't make jewelry for everybody, right? They have to just make their special seashells or their special techniques that if they do metalworking, then they can only look for people who like metalworking. And so I was able to do the research in the cross industries to see what those creatives were doing and how they were building their platforms. And many of them were not running 
Facebook ads or we're not marketing on uh, Etsy or, you know, in that sense, they were um, doing their content marketing on their blog posts and sharing their authentic selves. And so they had a special way in which they were looking at um, what does the the customer want? Not they, they weren't Mm -hmm. blogging to find other artists. They started saying, I'm blogging for other customers. So what would they be interested in? Okay. So they would be interested in, um, is I'm a metal worker. Is this jewelry heavy? (laughs) So they start to Mm -hmm. look at different ways. And so how does that look for me? Well, perfect example that I use in my, um, presentation for the career author summit was wonder woman, 1984 versus black widow. That was one of my literal blog posts. And I took a hard stance on it because I hate Wonder Woman 1984. It was too romancy. She was so weak. Really? And I've been a Wonder Woman fan for like 40 oh. years, right? I was like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, no one can see, but you've got Wonder Woman friends. Yeah, like, so oh, that would make me so mad. So we haven't seen it yet. So it's not worth seeing. Like, I have a hardcore Wonder Woman I, fan no, in the family. No. She's not going to look. I wouldn't. You know, well, I mean, she's, she's eight, eight so. maybe she could take it. I don't know. But when you look at the two brands, Black Widow movie came out and it was what I thought the Wonder Woman 1984 woman should have been like, because you've got a female empowerment okay. brand. You need to stick with that. And so I wrote a very yeah. clear and present blog post. And so I shared it in social media and some guy tried to mansplain me about why he thought it was. And I was like, you could say what you want. I know you like your women weak. I understand. right? (laughs) But the thing about it was I also picked up subscribers. Like, so Mm -hmm. people did not, they didn't say anything like in the Facebook post they didn't say anything in the group but they went to my page posted comments on my page and was like Alicia I agree with you and next thing you know I had people signing up right so that's the kind of subscriber that I'm looking for because they are interested in the same things that I am and so my my brand is definitely a female empowerment brand the mansplainer, right. he's never going right. to like my stories. <laughs> no, but I love the, I love your attitude. And I, I really, I've told people a few times, like, just because this is what you do and this is your main thing in life doesn't mean that you don't have other interests, but when you're branding, like you really can't let all the interests and all the things that you are infiltrate like and I think that's hard sometimes these days because you'll have some dude come into your comments and say something and you might feel at first especially if you don't aren't really grounded in who you are like oh you know I don't know I guess if you like romance like trying to be all things like you've said to all that's the kiss of death just I I didn't argue with him I'm just like I don't you could yeah. You can say whatever you want to say, dude, have at it. But no, I don't agree with you. And no, you're yeah. not changing my <laughs> mind. And, you know, but I think me taking that clear and present stance 
and not arguing with him, right. then other people were like, hmm, let me go read that. And they clicked right through and read through it and had comments about it and thoughts about it and felt good about yeah. it. Um, but I will say the other yeah. side of it, when I sent that blog post to my list, so I had run a superhero campaign. And when I sent that blog post okay. to my list, I got about three or four unsubscribes, right? But that might have been a good yeah. thing. <laughs> yeah. Even though they were superhero yep. readers, they were not my kind of readers, right? Because I'm a female empowerment brand at the very core and underneath it. Yeah. Yeah. We got to not take, um, I mean, I always check the unsubscribes. <laughs> I can't not do I it. I check where they came but, from. You know, and, and I then looked, I have and, to. And all of them yeah, were like, from that. It was like a. Yeah, I did a superhero, superhero campaign with a reader magnet, which they got for free or something. Uh, I feel like it wasn't right. book funnel. But it was the uh, was it story origin or something like that. Uh, one of those. Mm-hmm. Or prolific works, one uh, of those, yeah. And so they've been on my list, but, you know, maybe they were checking me out and they finally were like, no, she's not for me. And that's what you want. And you don't want to feel bad about it because yeah. ultimately I'd rather right. have a lean list you know, when you look at the creative economy, all it requires is 2000 subscribers who are willing to pay $100 for the year and you got your $200,000, right? It doesn't require wow, a lot, but if your list is bloated, right. you, you know what I'm saying? And you, yeah. Yeah, you can have 5,000 if they're not opening, they're not clicking, or engage not with buying. you or like the things that you yeah. say. Right. Um, so I know we want to talk a little bit about merchandise. Yeah, like yes. that goes right into it because if you, so I was looking at you, especially, um, I think it was a couple of weeks ago, not a couple of weeks, maybe a couple of months. Um, it was when I first saw your merchandise and I was like, that blows my mind because really what you need is to hone mm, mm-hmm. your audience. Like you need an audience that is mm-hmm. into what you're into. And that like, that started me down the path of like, okay, this marketing thing, there's something to having it a is. really honed audience. So Talk to us a bit because you have merchandise yes, that's you. amazing, first of all. I mean, the, the links will be in the show notes. The ideas that you've come up with, because what's interesting about women in their 50s is they have Grand kids, kids. Yes. and they're mm-hmm. having grandkids. And what's awesome about you is like you, you might not have grown up with mm-hmm. a lot of representation. In fact, I can probably assume you didn't not have too much representation mm-hmm. in your books, right? Like white men were probably the sci fi superheroes, right? So like what's awesome is they can then bring it to their yeah. grandkids of life. Yeah. So I feel like, like I sent like, you a bib because I was freaking out. Yes, it was I did so cool. <laughs> and I actually did write a little story for her. Um, and I was having fun with doing the product descriptions because sometimes I write little stories with those. But I thought um, people were asking me, they were like, I love to have this for my grandbabies or I love to have this. And so I was like, well, let me make a small kids collection. So I just plopped a bib in there just to see. And I sold a bib and I made some good money from that bib, right? (laughs) Yeah, it's so cute. It's so cute. And I think it's like not everyone wants a princess thing for their kid, you know, like. 
superheroes are awesome. Yeah. They're empowering. They give like encouragement to kids. Yeah. <laughs> <It's a really laughs> so I think this is an amazing idea. So where did you come up with this idea while you're like, it's only been kind of three years since you've done this whole brand. So actually hasn't been three years. Genres. It's been more for me, like a year and a half because it took me a while to just wow make the shift. Um, so okay. as I was researching about, I was researching the other creatives and trying to learn a little bit right. about, you know, what to do. Um, and I wanted to expand on my writing because I, I soon figured, yes, I can sell a book for $2.99. Um, and even I can record my own audio books and that's a certain dollar amount. But how do I really get people in and how do I really in, improve on the mm-hmm. representation? So I think Vampire Huntress is a perfect example. Uh, even though I love uh, Afropuff Superhero, um, I also write um, a lot of hunters and huntresses and that kind of a thing. And mm-hmm. so um, Vampire Huntress was a story, short story that I wrote for Mocha Memoirs Press. It was one in an entire collection. And I start thinking about it and there's not a lot of black vampires in the world um, and not anthologies even. And so I was like, well, how can I expand this concept so that people would want to do more? And so um, Mm -hmm. I wrote the story and then I started looking at the products that I could put out and I hired an artist to create the image and then um, the Vampire Huntress got featured on this audio dramatic podcast called Black Women Are Scary, right? So they ended up doing a whole party for me online. And so I said, you know what? I have oh, these fine. products. I have people can get, get your tote bag and put your steaks in there too, right? <laughs> and so at the party, yeah, that's I offered awesome. people 20% off of the merchandise. I sold so much merchandise then. I sold t-shirts. Yeah. I showed signed copies of the short story anthology. I, I, I sold um, tote bags. Um, I might've even sold a couple of cups. I have to remember, but that was nice. So what I'm trying to say is that completely extended the experience for them. And so people were yeah. hitting me up on Instagram with pictures of them wearing the vampire hunters uh, t-shirts and it was fantastic I mean even with the Afropuff superhero I did a um I did a specialized con called virtuous con and I and I offered a discount and people hit me up again on Instagram and they like had their Shirts ripped open with their Afropuff superhero. I am Afropuff superhero. It was fantastic. Like you can see That's that awesome. the fandom is there, not yes. just for representation, but that you can extend your world and your reach with specialized products. But you have to be able to do it in yes. the right way. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. So these are, you, you focus on the merchandise after mm-hmm. you already had the story and then you're just looking to, to extend that. So do you have merchandise for every series no, that you I have? Don't. But um, okay. because some of the, some series are not as 
popular or big. Um, but it doesn't mean that you can't. Like I have fairies. So right now I'm working on a yeah. fairy series, a fairy serial, I think. And so maybe I might do something there. I have to think on it or not because yeah. black fairies are like cool, right? <laughs> yeah. And I love this too because you let me let like me it's let me be it still clear, goes though. into go ahead. It's black fairies who are warriors, right? Because I write uh, well, I don't know if you would curse, but kick ass black women, right? So she has to yes. be a fighter. So when I do my fairies, right. if I do a product line, she's got to be a huntress or somebody who's, right. you know, a fighter, a warrior, that type. But aren't fairies really in the original mythology? They're not as, as. Right. Yes, yes. They nice. were mean. Yes, and trite. Trite's a great way. <laughs> they were mean. Yes. So that's why I went with a fury. Like they took this away babies a, and things. A fury yeah. reaper, a fury ha- reaper ha- hybrid that I'm working with right now for my serial oh. fiction. Um, so I might actually create a line to go along with this serial because I right. think that that works. And one other thing I want to say. I think that there is nothing more intoxicating than you sell the book, you sell the audio, and then you sell a sweatshirt. Because I made $16 for every sweatshirt that I sold. <laughs> right? That's way more than you'll make for a book. Oh my it's gosh. It's like, how many, how many more sweatshirts can I sell? <laughs> Well, what's funny is we're in that time. People yeah, love their merchandise. So like, yes. why not make it? You know what? We like to mm-hmm. feel part of a club, you know, and how fun would it be to be out in Atlanta and see another woman wearing her Ooh, vampire hunt yes. just to be like, and then like, as you know, buying it for, you know, your grandbabies or your, or your kids, like they don't have to read the books yet, but it's like fun to have them part of a club. They like, I don't know. I just think it feeds our, why else do we have sweatshirts from colleges? You know, like we want to be part of something. And I just think that, but I love how thoughtful you are also about doing it. You don't just jump onto it because, oh, let me go spend five days doing something because that's what yes. Alicia said I should do. And so like, but be thoughtful about how mm-hmm. you can promote it, you know, where you can go to. So when get I originally was building it, my know? store, I did take some time. I spent a lot of time doing it and I learned a very valuable lesson. I got help first of all, to get the store. So I didn't try to do all mm-hmm. of that by myself, but um, I also learned that I want to spend the majority of my time writing. So For me, Mm -hmm. um, if I roll out another product line, I definitely maybe only would do one item per month, right? So you so you can't do like Mm. a cup and a tumbler and a t-shirt and (laughs) it's like let it let every time that you put a product out, it's got to be a fanfare. There's a cup, right? And turn it into a little video and it spins off and flies, like you know. And so you want to do That's that idea. every month. So you have something new. So like for me, as I'm, I don't know if 
you wanted me to talk about with the serial fiction that I'm working on. But yes. with the serial idea, I want to definitely follow Stephanie Bond's business model where she does the six novellas. Okay. And so if I'm going to be releasing these six novellas, well, the first part of the month is the novella release. And then those last two weeks, just one piece of merch. And then you go all the way those six months, then month seven, the serial's done, right? So then you do, um, maybe for me, it would be the audiobook next because I'm recording audiobooks. And then month eight is the hardcover and the print edition. And then all of that merch that you've done over the six or seven months, then you have a, a, a collection sale just on that merch. So you've got the hardcover and then you've got all of the, the merch. So that would be at least six or seven products for people to enjoy because now they finished it. They might want to go deeper with it or they might be ready to share that. Right. Right. I love how thoughtful you are because sometimes I feel like I'm going insane with all the ideas ideas out there that you can do. You know, but I'm, I'm learning a lot talking to you because it's like, it's so true that you don't have to mm-hmm. bring it all out at the same time. I don't know why I mm-hmm. think this, <laughs> you know, like, oh my gosh, I have to get this and I have to get that. And how could I, and it distracts me from the the product I need to finish, like either the book that I need to finish yeah. or the hardcover. And then, because there's so many shiny so I objects. Would, I would say. distract. <laughs> the brand position statement would be helpful to a lot of people because then you can look to see, well, one, do you need help with that? Like, right. Um, and so I probably I'll decide, um, because I think I want to outsource even the one product a month, but yeah, you could pay somebody, you know, 15, 20 bucks, it might not take them a, a half an hour to get it set up, right? Right. It's, it's worth it to do that. So true. Or if I decide to do it myself and I have the time, well, I could do it. And it, it's not going to be overwhelming. I, I like to look at sure. things from the minimal bar and not the maximum bar. Okay. I think the minimum bar is one product a month. And the maximum bar is let me put out 24 24 items on Printify. <laughs> I need a towel and I need this and I need that. I need no, 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 no. You'll stress yourself all out. Yeah. Um, and there's nothing saying that you can't add those even later. So if you're if you're searching right. Printify or Printful or any of the print on demand, and let's say, so this Stephanie Bond model, you've got your six months, seventh and eighth month. And then after that eighth month, well, it depends on where you're finishing it. What if uh, Black Friday is coming or what if Halloween is coming? So then you might say, ooh, what, mm. what newbies are here? So then you put another one. And then what do you do? You have a Black Friday sale, <laughs> right? <laughs> exactly. Well, and this helps too with content because we're all on Instagram or, or Pinterest or Facebook or wherever you are, you yes. can put a picture out and be like, oh gosh, now I have to find another one today because yes. today's a new day. In that here's way, your cup, you're like, right? oh, I'm only here's for your tumbler. Yeah, yeah, you have the cup, and then here, yes. cup with the the story, hey. and then, you know, <laughs> drinking from the cup. I mean, it, it helps to like 
lessen that stress instead of being like, oh, here's my whole collection. And now you feel like you've told everyone and you're like, oh, now what do I talk about? Something different. (laughs) Well, see, and I would tell you that even you need to think about your content marketing. So you should never, Mm. ever feel like you don't have anything to talk about because you do. As writers, we always, there's always a movie that we love that inspire us, a Netflix series. There's always... Um, hey, like for me, me and my husband traveled to Ghana and I use Adinkra symbols in one of my series. So I did a post on Adinkra symbols, right? Or there's always, there's always something as an author that could drive your potential customer and reader to you. Um, So I have, I have mixtures of those on my content marketing. So I might do a shop this look. And I'll go on Amazon and I'll knock out a couple of things and I'll put on some camo pants and my vampire huntress with the character on there. I was like, shop this look and people will click you. Of course, yeah. I have, to have some high heel boots or something like that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but people go clicking through that. And then that next blog post is, yeah. hey, did you see Warrior Nun? That's one of my favorite shows, right? And then I'll write a post about Warrior Nun. Do you see what I'm like? So you're mixing and matching yes. up who you are, your loves, and your interests. Yes, that's that's really. I love how this is all meshing together because if you know who you are and you're writing what is authentic to you, then you feel like you can be authentic in your blog posts and your social media because it all goes together. So, and I feel like readers love to know, like, are those symbols that, what are are they called? symbols? Yes. The symbols from the Indigo symbols. Like I would, as a reader, like, is this something real? Like, can I go find out about it? You know, I'm the, I will will take, so if I could just go to your blog. The Adinkra earrings like I have on today. So I put them on one of my shop looks with the vampire huntress or Ankh earrings. Um, so these are definitely cultural things that a person who's a, a middle-aged uh, African-American woman would love because she's going to love culture. So she wants to mix right. her culture with her her uh, heroines that she loves to read. And so I'm right. looking for things that would be suitable or that would fit for her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's a great way to collaborate too, right? To get out of just the writing world, but you can find a whole new audience because if you're willing to collaborate with a jewelry maker, it's like, well, if your audience loves this jewelry, they might love my books, but like, but that's just fun too. Like it's a bonus that they might buy books, but it's fun to just help other artists. You just did it though. Do you realize what you just did? You just took and made your brand and you thought outside the box. And none of that was any of the things that you heard from a guru recently, right? Because writing gurus don't tell you that. Like, they they just was like, oh, you write multiple genres? Like, don't do that, right? (laughs) He's like, no, you need to write write what you love and share with the world what you love and show up and be authentic and then attract those people to you. You want that person, no matter what you put out, they're going to buy it. They're going to love it. They want to be a part of it. You, you know what I'm saying? They want to be a part of your yes. experience. But if, yes. you, if you're not sharing you, 
um, it's difficult to do. Yeah. Yeah, that's absolutely true. And uh, along with this, we were talking about before of like, um, kind of how thoughtful you are about doing it and not jumping on the next thing. So in the writing world, Vela, which is Kindle Vela is like the next thing, right? Even though it's not new, mm-hmm. like it's not a new idea. But that's mm-hmm. what gets me about this. Is like it's not new. Galatea has already been around. Uh, There's radish, another one. Uh, um, uh, radish. Uh, scream, kiss. Um, in the Asian Isn't that funny? Market, but now we're all dream, we're all like, of us. My sisters, they all love to to wa- read the Dream app, and they've been reading it for multiple years, right? Um. Isn't it frustrating? Amazon Everybody's comes like, in and you're like, you're not ready, ready. original. Yeah, Amazon, what you doing? <laughs> but we were talking before, um, that yes. you've decided not to do Bella. So why why did you decide? Because you're ta- you're yes. re- working on a cereal and yes. Bella's for cereals, right? So how did you come to this conclusion? So we talked again about my brand Bella. position statement. And one of the things that is in there is I am a, a high researcher and um, I like to take my time with concepts and things and I don't roll anything out without thoroughly looking at it. And so when Vela first came out, Mm -hmm. I was super excited and took a class in how to write serial fiction. And I automatically began to learn about the broader market of serials. So that started to give me my foundation. And I recognized that people were already making two or $3,000 a month, just being like you say on radish. I mean, it's always like, well, what is Vela offering? Right. And so I just, Everybody was having a, a lottery ticket mentality. Let me get on Bella. I'm getting my Bella stories ready. I'm doing all this. And so I just sat back and said, hmm, let me do more research. And so I have some mm-hmm. serial fiction authors that I have been following for quite some time. And so I said, let me go look to see these people who have been writing serial fiction and have been making money from it for at least four or five years. Let me see if they're running to Bella. None of them were running to Vela. None of them put, as a matter of fact, the, the month that Vela launched, there's this one author that I love. I even loved her books. And I was like, I wonder if she's doing Vela. She put those things right on KU, didn't even hiccup. And then she, the only thing she did was call it a seasons and episodes, right? <laughs> but she put it on KU and went about her business. It's just like, I, it's to have four or five of them lined up, right? And so I think the idea was that everybody who was not a serial fiction author was running to Vela. And so somewhere in, I want to say August or maybe August or September, people started to say, oh, I got beer money out of it. Or a couple of people said they made $20,000 from it. And what I came to figure out was like... Uh um, Amazon is like really into the lottery ticket mentality. So they're like dropping 20,000 on certain people. So then everybody else, I got to get in there and put all my stuff on there. No, 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 you don't, you know, not for me. So I stay out of it to learn more about, I wanted to write good serial fiction. Wasn't just chopping Mm -hmm. up my novels and putting up, putting them up there for consumption. And I have this other caveat. So for me, I would even need to find the right business model, right? Because I have merchandise. I have a website 
And I believe in direct selling. That's one of the caveats on my brand position statement. So I want to build my home first. So what business model could I use? Well, Stephanie Bond came along at Career Author Summit. I was like, this is a business model for me because she's having people come take a look at her daily serial for six months. Well, I'm not Stephanie Bond, so I might not be able to do six months, but I can certainly do something in there like what Stephanie does. Now, Stephanie does KU, but for me, I think I want to offer something unique for my readers. I might offer them, I might go wide with my cereal, but offer them a discount to buy direct from me. You see what I'm saying? From you. So even though other people, I'm seeing them doing these things, I still have to look at my statement, what works for me. And I know I want to upsell people with merchandise. So I have to consider all those things in relation for me and not necessarily just follow the pejorative wisdom of others. Yes. I, I think it's also, it's important to have the home base. Like I keep thinking of all, all of us are sold on this idea of running ads on Amazon, running ads on Facebook and all this but if you can't get people mm. to your website or you don't work on that, like what if Facebook shuts down for a whole right. day? No. <laughs> like what if Facebook did. shut down? Like WhatsApp, Instagram, <laughs> Instagram. Yes. What if Amazon's next? <laughs> I don't want to jinx yeah. anything, but you need your stuff. Like you want people coming to mm-hmm. your website, right? So to focus at least part of your energy on that. But I also think it's important when your brand Mm -hmm. has several genres, because if you're a hardcore sci-fi fiction reader, which I find this odd that like no one, that there's people that don't read anything else, but one genre, Mm -hmm. but I guess they exist, (laughs) but they might come to you and be like, well, I like her sci-fi maybe I'm willing to try one of her other books, you know, or they'll just buy it because they like you and they don't even know they're reading another genre, but they might, Amazon might not Mm -hmm. suggest your other group of books. You know, it really depends on that whole algorithm thing that I barely understand. So I'm not, I don't. Okay. So Amazon is a retailer and retailers goal is to keep, keep, the audience with them. I think that's the one thing that we have to understand. Mm-hmm. So even with Kindle Vela, right. I thought it was interesting that Amazon's not even letting people put their websites on really in the in the the, the thing, right? Because they don't want yeah. they want to keep their customers. They want to keep their readers for them. They, they don't want you right. to convert people from them to you. Right. 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 They don't want you clicking out just like Facebook. Like they don't really want you to click out. Of <laughs> so you have to, to your... figure out for you. Well, how do you work with How do you cultivate and build your ecosystem? Now for me, because I, I think we had a little brief discussion about, I write multiple genres. And so I quickly mm-hmm. learn that for me, I'm writing an archetype. That's what's most important to me. So I'm going to do a strong black woman, heroine who's a fighter or a huntress or a survivor and but I will write it in science fiction fantasy stories and sometimes horror because I I can go that far and so 
if you if you find if you have the right audience from your newsletter subscribers, mm-hmm. it really doesn't matter, right? Because they're loving right. you and what you write. They love your voice. And now, maybe some people are like, well, I'll wait till she comes around with the other one, right? Maybe. But maybe others will be yeah. like, I just love maybe. all of her strong female heroines. Um, so I'm going to read everyone that comes out. And I feel like that works. You know what I'm saying? But you cannot right. do that yes. with the retailers. You can only do that from your no. home base. And I do believe that there are many authors who look at their uh, web page as a landing page or as just a, mm-hmm. a, ho- a holding page or I just got to have a website so I look like a writer but they haven't updated it in like 20 years. I wouldn't say 20, but you know what I'm saying? They haven't done anything with it to engage with an audience because a lot of gurus say blogging is dead. A lot Mm -hmm. of gurus say readers don't Mm -hmm. care about your website. You know, all they care about is your newsletter. You see what I'm saying? So Mm -hmm. you have all this knowledge out there or people saying these things, but is that true for you? Like I stopped blogging because a lot of gurus were saying that blogging was dead, but I was good at blogging. When I first started, I was getting yep. 40,000 views a week on my website and I just stopped blogging. Oh my gosh. Somebody said that, well, you know, that's not good to do. It's a waste of your time as a writer, right? Dang, 40,000 views. It, right? I you must be really good at yeah. Yeah. There's too many voices. I've literally heard people say, just make a landing page right. for your, and I've been on them and I'm clicking, like trying to find out more about no, the author. And there's no nothing there. there. They don't have a branded biography. There's nothing. They just have some caricature. You're like, what is this? But I will tell you this because yes, um, about the blogging. So one blog post that I wrote um, uh, maybe last year, yeah, last year, last August, um, it went viral. And in two hours, I sold nine books from that one blog post. Like people from social media, nice. it got shared like 30 or 40 times. I mean, it just went. I mean, you can look at it and go, what right. just happened? <laughs> right? And then all of a sudden, I, yeah. I went to the retailers just to see. And like, wham, I had so like all these books in just a short period of time. And I did nothing else. I didn't do a boost post even. It was just me in my yeah. groups sharing in social media. And it just sparked and got shared everywhere. And not only did I get new, um, get book sales, but then I got new subscribers. And so when I started right. doing content right. marketing, black back to my blogging, in one year, I got 80 new um, subscribers, right? And nice. mostly I've yes. maintained those people. And those are subscribers yes. that know mm-hmm. you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They come specifically. They're not, because you always have to, if you're giving them something for free, you know at least half of them are going to. But see, that's the caveat. <laughs> we just love free say, stuff. I didn't originally say that I was yeah. giving them any story for free, but if they put their email in, then they right. did get a story from me. But I didn't. And the when I first started to do the content marketing, I said I'm not going to tell anybody. I'm give. I just want to see if they sign up, right? 
So they didn't even need that. Yep. But we, but we, yes, guru said you must have something special for these people and you must tell them get four free reads. And I'm not saying it doesn't work because it does, you know, but you, yeah, is it necessary? Why, why are the people there that you want them there for you, not for the free, not for racking up free reads? And those kind of people, will yes. get on your list and immediately unsubscribe once they get the freebie, right? But the people that I had, yeah. those people were not unsubscribing. They might unsubscribe later because I talked about Wonder Woman 1984. <laughs> 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 but they weren't unsubscribing. From or because, because they, they just had a... They got the freebie and were Yeah, gone, you, you never know? know. Yes, yes. And I think this is really important, what you're saying of like, don't just jump on the bandwagon of every single guru or of the new thing that's coming out really take some time to think about it. Cause that you'll, you'll end up in a corner. Um, I, I don't know if you've been here where you do everything that you, that they say to do. And then you realize that like, you have a whole bunch of people on your list yeah. that just want more free stuff. And then you get frustrated because you think I shouldn't have to work. Like this is my work and my passion and it's not for free. It takes me a whole year to write a book or, you know, like this is work. But then I also, I'm too logical to be like, yeah, but I kind of also brought them in on all this free stuff. You know, so it's like I've conditioned don't talk about this, but the merchandising gurus did. And one of the things they said is they broke them down into different levels. So they said you have the collector level, then they had another level, which kind of like an in-between, and then you have your freebie seekers. And so they said for them, if, if somebody's buying jewelry, you want the collectors. These are the very mm-hmm. specific, high, highly engaged individuals who are willing to pay for it, right? And so I think our writers groups or our writers gurus have been sharing things with us like you're collecting all these freebie seekers and so you aren't getting so for us right. maybe the the collector is the person that's just going to love everything that you do you know and so you yes. want them to have this different mentality you might even like the middle group right like they could go either way right so if you're but if your list is primarily comprised of the collectors and that middle group you could then you'll start seeing some results but if if you've got a a newsletter subscriber list that's all freebie seekers what are they going to buy from you so true. That's probably the most wisdom I've heard on marketing <laughs> in the last year. <laughs> I hope it was helpful. <laughs> yes, it is. Because I do look at the other artists, the other creatives in this world. And you're like, they don't give away half the amount of yes. free stuff that writers do. And I think we're conditioning readers in a way that doesn't right. benefit us. <laughs> so we got, we need to be but more careful will, about they this. They will pay. Um, so if you have a special right. hardcover book that's only available from you, if they love your work, you, you see, mm. but you have to, you have to build yes. uh, that authentic relationship. They need to feel like you guys are friends, right? And if you aren't yes. building that, then how they're going to know you. And especially right. if you're keeping right. them only yes. on social media, you know, they're only seeing you share your dinner. 
They might like your food. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I eat that too. Like, great. Do you read the same thing as me? <laughs> yeah, there are so many really cool ideas. Um, you know, we won't lots of what are the digital yes. things now? The NFTs or NFPs or so like that's awesome, but you have yes. to have so that your thing audience. that Jay Thorne was and so about all this NFT sounds fantastic. And I was I, I did sign up for it because I wanted to learn more, but I went right. to the workshop, I listened to it and I filed it. Right. <laughs> and I said, mm-hmm. this is on my like, coming up things. I took all my notes and I kept it because I know eventually I would love to get to that. But that that's a, mm-hmm. like you said, so many fantastic ideas but you can't run for the shiny object. Let me learn. Let me take my time. Yes. Maybe it might take me two years to, or it could take three, right? Yes. <laughs> yes. And, that, and it's okay. You don't have to yes. jump on every new concept that comes out there. You'll be crazy. And that's why I really think, um, I, so I haven't created the course yet, but um I'm a part of the Speculative Fiction Academy that's about to launch. And generally, it is for um, BIPOC authors to teach other BIPOC authors. But um, it is definitely a multicultural group. And so Mm -hmm. um, I'll be putting up a, a lesson on the brand position statement because I think it is just that critical for people. Um, it's yes. an empowering statement. Um, and for me, it's, it's still growing. You're like, I've got up to about 10, item, 10 items on my brand position statement. And I read it every day because I want to keep understanding or keep remembering who am I? What am I doing? And like you said, somebody got all these people on Facebook or Pinterest. And you're like, I better run out and do venerous now. But is that a part of you, right? Are you good at Pinterest or are you good at TikTok? You know, are are you good at Twitter even? You know, so you're creating all this stuff, but you don't get in depth enough for it. And so then it's an abandoned thing. It's something that's cursory and not something that's driving traffic to you. That's so true. I, so where can, um, where can people find, do you have your brand statement course? Will that be on your website? Yeah. So you I'll get probably it, do, a do you blog talk about post it there? About it. Um, if they go there now, okay. I just posted a blog post a couple of, uh, maybe a few days ago, ask, are you a writer? They can click on that. And the speculative fiction Academy, the link is on there for that, but I haven't, I, I've been busy writing, so I haven't uh, been able to get yes. the modules done yet, but I will get those done and I will get them up because I think it's really important for people um, to be able to be empowered in that way. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, and if, if people go to your website, which I will put in the show link, it, show notes, um, you're going to see how great it is to understand your brand because that is like you go on your on Alicia McCalla's website and you're like I know who she is at least a part of her you know like I can see what interests her what she's um, doing right now on your blog what she's writing like 
it's so concise and right there, this like, okay. I, like you, you can see a visual of what it's like to have a it clear, is very branding. clear. Like even you know, with that, my cosplay, I love cosplaying um, characters. Um, I did create my biography. It's a branded biography. So people should be able to get there. And I regularly do a uh, blog post or content marketing that are manifestos for my brand, you know, something like why I write kick-ass black women heroines or something like, you know, um, five black women heroines in science fiction and fantasy that I love. Those are, those would be Mm. manifestos or in the world of mere mortals, you too can be an Afro pub superhero. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) So I I really want to encourage people to go uh, find you. So can you tell them what social media do you use? And then your website, because it's, you know, not to copy you, but to see what this means, like to have a visual, because sometimes we can listen to podcasts, yes. but we need that visual of like how they so can I put it together for themselves. I everyone to go to my website first, www.aliciamacala.com. Yes. And if you go there, you'll see all of my social media. In general, I have Facebook, um, I do Twitter, Pinterest, um, Instagram, and Goodreads. Um, my favorite because I'm a librarian is Pinterest and I collect, like I have black superheroes. I do African-American horror. Um, I have fun on Pinterest. I, I mindlessly pin, right? (laughs) That's my, that's but I, I do most of my things on Facebook, I think, because, you know, I'm old, right? Okay. The new generation's like, it's now we're on something else. I'm like, oh, whatever. <laughs> what are we going to do? So everyone can also buy their books well, directly from you. not all of my books, but from I your do website. have my superhero not short reads. That's a direct sell. And I have been practicing with doing the read by author movement and just reading my own um, stories. And so um, I put I put that one up there. But all of my emporium, all the uh, items in my emporium are there. And so as far as retailers like yourself, I'm still primarily um, Amazon and I'm wide in some cases as well. So that's what I'm, so we're talking about where am I going? So I am working towards the serial fiction and I'm working towards um, now producing products that are hundred percent on brand. Mm-hmm. Yes. I love that. So I will encourage everyone again to go to aliciamacala.com. It's going to be in the show notes and you'll start getting, being able to put all this together, like, and understand what a really great author website is because you understand who you are and what your brand is and where you're going really. Cause we also yes. need to know where we're going. <laughs> and Alicia definitely knows where she's going. Thanks Kat for having me. Appreciate you. We learned so much. Thank you. Hey, you're still listening. Since you are, could you do me a favor and head over to the app that you're listening to this episode on and hit the subscribe button and then rate and review the show? It would really help the Pencils and Lipstick podcast get out into the world. And if you're enjoying the podcast, well, then 
there might be more people out there who would enjoy it as well. If you want to find out more about me, you can head over to catcaldwell.com. I have my story over there, my books, my interactive journals, my one-on-one coaching information, and information on my creative writing community membership group. If you're looking to write a book or you are a writer and you just want to find out more about how to write, how to publish, how to format, how to market, and all the things that go into being an author these days, check out the membership group. There is a 14 free day trial that you can try it out, get into the masterminds, find out all the goodies that we are talking about in the group. I would love to see you there.